0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined by Kate Smith at Kate Smith NBA. I... I am lost in the glory of all the mock drafts right now, Keith. I am just doing a deep dive into every mock draft I can find because we are now one week away from the NBA draft. And I'm just getting more and more excited every single day. I'm like a kid getting closer and closer to Christmas. This is going to be absolutely amazing on draft, uh, draft night. I always want to say draft day, but draft night in the NBA. Um, and I want to remind everybody, come join us live right here on the front office YouTube channel for draft night we'll be breaking down every pick talking through everything all the trades and we think there's going to be a lot of them Keith it's going to be a blast
2: yeah it's funny someone asked me you will you guys have one of those deals where you have it synced so you can watch it too the answer is no um we'll we'll probably both separately have the tv on but muted mm-hmm. but the reality is all the good stuff's going to come through twitter like you know, anywhere from a minute to, you know, five minutes ahead of time anyway. So we'll, we'll probably yeah. be well ahead of the TV. So if you want a super spoiler free uh, version, you may not want to watch uh, live, right. but if you want to have a lot of fun with us and find out, you know, just seconds ahead of time, you'll know, just let us know. We'll, we'll have a lot of fun with that and, you know, we'll, we'll see you there. And we'll, we'll do obviously a bunch of Breakdowns and analysis of uh, you know the draft picks, hopefully a whole bunch of trades too, and then we'll get into uh, questions from from the chat and everything like we always do.
1: All right, let's get into our first topic. And what's that? What's that sound? What's that sound I hear
2: it's, Oh, it's the Beal bells. It's the Beal bells. <laughs> the Beal bells. The new sound effect here. We it, it, from those who brought you the Simmons siren and the Kevin Cannon, we have the Beale bells and i cut Bra- it off before the music started so we don't get in trouble <laughs> that's right
1: <laughs> some of you may recognize where those bells are from but nonetheless uh bradley great beal. Song,
2: by the way great
1: absolutely song, way. Yeah. absolutely an all-time classic but uh bradley beal and real ones let us know in the comments where exactly that's from if you yeah, know it yeah. but let's know uh, the bucks in the heat Could be potential landing spots for Bradley Beal. And we're going to be talking about, I'm sure, his trade market over at least the next few weeks as we get closer and closer to free agency. I mean, I guess he could be moved on draft night. We'll see what ultimately happens here with Bradley Beal. But uh, I think he's closer to being moved than we've ever seen before. Now that there's a new front office in, they don't quite have that built-in equity with Bradley Beal. It'd be a little bit easier for them to pull the trigger and go and make that move and send the Washington Wizards into a different direction. What do you think about these landing spots? I mean, Miami seems to be in the lead for him, but what about the bucks? Do they make sense?
2: I mean the Bucks make sense from a filling a need. They could use another guy who can go get baskets. They've got assuming they keep Brook Lopez, you've got the defensive kind of group around that can protect him and and keep him, you know, covered up for on, on that end. They they've gotten by with lesser defenders at other times in the past. I think your challenge is how in the world do they get there mm-hmm. right with a salary match. It would almost have to be something where Chris Middleton, and wouldn't be to Washington because they would have no interest, but Chris Middleton to a third team via sign and trade, which either creates a big enough trade exception, probably unlikely, um, or just he goes and then that turns into a three-team trade, and that's how Beal comes in uh, in that situation. And if, In case people are going to ask, like, wouldn't that hard cap them and all those things? It wouldn't because they they are acquiring Beal under contract, right. signing and trading a player away does not hard cap you so that's the only way i can realistically see it getting there because everything else involves all right here's you know seven players piled together and you'd have a team of Giannis and beal and not not much left or drew holiday that doesn't make sense either right because then you'd be feeling you'd be trading one need for another so i i don't know i mean it makes sense that they want them how they get there i'm just not sure
1: and remember, Brooke Lopez is a free agent as well, so this could impact his future if they decide to yeah. pursue Bradley Beal. But uh, the other piece to this is that Beal's no trade clause transfers over. Yeah, and, you know, as much as we talked about Zion yesterday, and we'll talk about him again a little bit more today, but we we talked about Zion and how, look, realistically, he's one injury away from. I mean, I never want to say anybody's untradeable in the NBA, but he would be very difficult to move. One more injury and. And I mean, this is why the Pelicans maybe should consider moving him for the number two pick It's because if he has one more in- injury, his value is going to go down significantly. Bradley Beal has been very injury prone as well. Yeah. So with a no trade clause on his contract, if say the bucks were to get him and he gets hurt next year, you could really be stuck. It could be very difficult to move him. And so that's something that they have to consider as well. I think you have to remember the downside with a Bradley Beal trade. That's why I don't, I don't think that his trade value is going to be what his production on the floor would suggest it could be.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. I think so. Let's talk about that no trade clause a minute, because this is something that, you know, and I'm unfortunate, I think I put you down the wrong path on this because he used to be a no trade clause. You could use it once mm-hmm. and then and that was it. Now it carries over to his new team. So, so, you know, Bill gets, he has full control over this process to an extent, right? Um, he can certainly kill any deal. Uh, but if he goes to Milwaukee, Miami, whoever, he can then kill that deal too. and say, no, I'm not, you know, uh, I'm not uh, going from there. If it's a year from now, two years from now, final year of his contract or whatever, he he could kill the deal then uh, too. And given this is a guy who part of the reason he pushed and got the no trade clause was he's never wanted to be traded from Washington, right? He's always wanted to kind of be the guy there. My guess is that would come into play again. You know, he probably is looking at this as wherever I go, that's probably it, right? I want to finish my career with that team. Um, so that's, that's a big, big, big part of this as well. Um, related to the, the value, it's something Brian Windhorse brought up, and I saw some people kind of killing him a little bit on, on social media about it, where he said it's just not going to be the monster return. I think – We go through these cycles, right, where folks get into the, well, Donovan Mitchell returned, you know, a bunch of good players and a whole bunch of picks. And Rudy Gobert, you know, big contract, you know, not not everybody thought that was a good contract. And, you know, again, a couple players and, you know, a whole bunch of picks and all that. Well, it's a different situation. One, we're talking way more money than Mitchell or Gobert for Beal. And we're also talking again, neither Mitchell or Gobert, Mitchell, also far younger. Um, and neither one of those guys had any kind of injury history that you're worried about. We said it in yesterday's show. Beals played 90 games over the past two seasons. That's not good. That's no. basically two half seasons. And yes, we understand there's some pricing in there of he probably could have played, but the Wizards weren't good. So they held him out. But the reality is, you've got to go into this knowing all right, you know, we're taking on a ton of money, not as much trade flexibility because of the no trade clause. And we're in a position where if we go this direction, we're in a spot with Beal where it turns into, we are not necessarily, um, how do I phrase this? We're not necessarily locking into a guy who's going to be here for 75, 80 games each season, right? Right. Like, Like he may miss, you know, a good chunk of time. So that's all countered by what I said yesterday, still a 20, to 30 point per game score somewhere in, in that range depending on volume efficiency is still really really good shot over 50 percent last season good three-point shooter better than people realize as a playmaker um so you know you put all that stuff together and it's it, it he's not a negative value where it's like the wizards are going to have to trade picks to top right. him but you're not returning the Mitchell Gobert package. This is going to be more like the traditional star trade where it's like, wow, that's not as much as I thought because of the, the other things that we mentioned that are negatives.
1: And I think a lot of teams see what was given up as for Gobert as a mistake. And I think that, you know, that was the sense at the time and, and, What's happened since then is only confirmation of that, that it was too much, that it was a mistake, that the Wolves blew it, that they shouldn't have given up as much as they did. And especially given what we've seen Walker Kessler doing now in, in Utah, that's only been confirmed team even further. Team so,
2: Walker Kessler.
1: What's that?
2: <laughs> team USA Walker Kessler. Team,
1: yeah, that's right. Team, I can't wait, yeah. Keith. I, I saw that that Team USA. With each addition to that roster, I'm like, God, that's going to be so much fun to watch that yeah, it's.
2: It's not going to be the walk in and expect to win every game by no. twenty. Team USA, that I think now we're fully in. They save that for the Olympics, hopefully, kind of deal. But I, I do think this is going to be a really fun team. It's a yeah. younger team than than usual, which is is a lot of fun too. So yeah, I'm super excited for it as
1: well. Yeah, that's going to be a blast. But all right, let's talk a little bit about Miami. We talked about it a bit yesterday. Tyler Hero plus in order to get Bradley Beal, maybe that makes some sense because sure. you're kind of trading out a like for like. In heel, uh, in in hero and Beal, I put the two of them together. Heel.
2: <laughs>
1: hey, but, and that guy exists, Buddy Healed. That's right, Buddy right? Healed. <laughs> um,
2: but, <laughs> Trevor, breaking news: three-team trade. Healed, healed, hero, Beal, Beal. Oh my gosh! Uh, all moving around.
1: <laughs> at that point, at that point, I would just, I, I would just walk off and I would say, "Keep yeah, your hands that, the, you that the point
2: they become Buddy Bradley and Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> <right? laughs>
1: um, so the Heat do make make sense as a landing spot with the new CBA. You always got to keep an eye on their future salaries, but yeah. they do seem to be a team that kind of says, "You know what." We'll we'll flirt with danger here, and we have to be close to that we'll line. We're out. okay with that.
2: Yep, and Hero is he's only twenty three, right? So because he came in very young, his contract not bad for what he is as a player. He's you know like you said, he's kind of basically like Bradley Beal, right? He's a scorer and playmaker, and you know does a lot of what Bradley Beal does, which is partially why I would say. Like, do you need to do this? If you're Miami, like you already mm-hmm. have the younger guy on a better contract, but you know, I get it right. It's, it's Bradley Beal. And if you think there, I did have people say, you know, why wouldn't they want both? You just can't really play them both. It'd just be, you know, one, there's only one basketball. So that becomes an issue. And the other thing is too, like you, you, yeah, Butler's a great defender, Bam bio, maybe the best defensive player in the league. Well, your challenge comes, you, you have to put so much defense to play both of them, and then it just becomes overkill. And two guys are basically playing the same position. Uh-huh. So I don't think that'd be the case. Now, for Washington, right, I think ideally the, the goal here would be let's wipe the books clean, right? Let's get out of all this salary. Let's go, you know, into you know, whatever we're going into. But I think in this case, I could be talked into – well, somebody still needs to score points, right? Somebody still yeah. needs to be on the roster. So if you could get hero, sure. And that's a way, too, for the Heat where it's like, hey, we gave you hero plus whatever it needed to be to match salary. And we're not giving you anything else, right? Because uh, that's already good enough. We're we we we're, we're not also giving up draft picks and other things to get there. So so we'll see. You know, or the Heat could go the... Kyle Lowry route, right, if if they wanted to, that would be the primary salary match. Plus, you know, maybe a Duncan Robinson in a deal, something like that, and, you know, then maybe that turns into Washington either says, all right, let's figure it out to, you know, wave these guys, wave and stretch, or just move them on. Robinson, they could probably just keep um, and figure it out from there. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of interesting combinations with that one, too. If I had to guess right now, just because it's been years of reported interest, I would bet on the Heat. But I don't feel you know super great about that by any means.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think the Heat should be the favorite right now. But if I mean, my goodness, Kate, the trade talks around the NBA are flying. Yeah. The draft rumors are flying. Some of it's smoke, some of it's real. Like some of it's fire. Right. We. Do. All of this could change with one phone call. So yep. I wouldn't feel comfortable putting money on any of it at this point because you just never know how things are going to. It takes one team making a move to shift everything within this marketplace. So we'll see ultimately where how this all plays out. But I would be surprised at this point if Bradley Beal was on the Wizards to start next season.
2: Oh, yeah, 100%. I'll be shocked if he's yeah. a Wizard to open next year. Just because just interesting i know you get these same emails i get from the from the various betting companies Mm -hmm. um and this is just one of them and we they're they're not an advertiser so i won't say who it's necessarily from and you can find it out there it's probably similar everywhere else the heat are the favorite uh if you know uh, the way they phrase these things bradley beal next team if not washington wizards uh miami's a pretty Decent size favorite Celtics are second, but there's a lot of reporting. Jake Fisher had this and a handful of others. Boston's not interested. Their goal is get Jalen Brown extended. Now to your point, if on July 1st let's say Bradley Beale is still a wizard and Jalen Brown says yeah I'm good I'm not gonna sign the extension well That's now we're in everything. a completely different world right to to paraphrase one of our very favorite movies you know uh, but we're, we're a long way from where we were this morning right so it's yeah.
1: a different world than it was 30 seconds yep. ago yep. enjoy good. your so pancakes
2: <laughs> yeah enjoy your pancakes um <laughs> so it's uh you know it's it's one of those things I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I eat pancakes next Thursday morning I know. Right? I just oh, I
1: have to do, to do that for sure. Yeah, I have to do that. Okay, And I'm
2: probably going to watch Draft Day in the morning. That's kind of a common thing.
1: Me too. Well, I I stay
2: locked in on Twitter. Then I watch Draft Day. um, We
1: really need an NBA version of this.
2: Yes. Come on, Hollywood. Let's get this done. We
1: need an NBA version. Version yeah. of Draft Like just, air.
2: thats not exactly what it was, but people seem to really yeah. enjoy that movie. So you yeah, know, yeah, let's get let's get. A, we're get seeing more
1: NBA like in film, like Hustle yeah. with that Adam um, Sandler movie, and then Bo yeah. Cruz and all that kind of like. Yeah. We're seeing a little bit more. Let's yeah. get a behind the scenes. Did you see yeah. the clip um, that was going around from the NFL of the Cardinals trading the number three pick?
2: Mm-mm. Like no, they
1: showed the negotiation oh, of wow. uh, like they showed the and I don't. Uh, I follow the NFL pretty closely, but not close enough to where I know the, the name of every single GM. So the Cardinals GM, he's on his phone and he's like taking calls and he's talking with his group in the war room about, okay, we can get this. They're writing it out on the whiteboard. They're like showing all that kind of behind the scenes stuff. Now, obviously not showing every single detail, sure. but still giving you an idea of what the the process is like. And then even getting to the phone call where he actually accepts the trade and and all of that. Um people love that kind of stuff people love it when the curtain gets pulled back and you get to see what's going on and what that really looks like if you could create a draft day movie for the nba i don't look i don't know if it would be a a commercial success but i would go see the hell out of that movie
2: Man, and get like cameos in there from like Woj and shams where they're like doing stuff and our show yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get us in there. We're playing goofy sound effects, and they're like, "Yeah, Why did we put these morons in this movie?" Um. Yeah, so it'd be, yeah, man. I, I'm all about it. I, trust me. If they make that, I'm going day one. I'm gonna push to try to get us to the Hollywood premiere. I uh, oh, love yeah. that movie. Like I will do everything I can to get there, which is not very much because I don't have those kind of connections. Um, otherwise I'd be using those for Marvel movies, uh, quite frankly. But I, uh, yeah, man, I'm all in. If they ever do an NBA version of draft day, like, you know what, you know, you know what needs to, we
1: just need to write the script.
2: Yep. Yeah. We just we need to write the
1: script we'll pitch it. Sure. We'll pitch it. The, there yeah. we go. All yeah, right. that seems
2: to like bring up our alley. Yeah, no problem. That's <laughs> yeah. easy. Yeah, it's easy to write a script. Well, there is a writer's strike, but we're not in the writers guild. So maybe we no. could get maybe we could get this thing to fast tracked and made very That's quickly. Right. That's oh, right.
1: Let's let's start making some calls. Let's start making yeah. some calls. Yeah. All yeah, right. Everybody, um
2: may everybody look for it on uh, true TV at 3 30 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, it'll it'll be like uh Ian Zeering or somebody'll be playing a, a a GM for us and that
2: and somehow it'll be in, in the team he'll be managing is the Sharks. Yeah. <laughs>
1: All right. Uh the Blazers are we got not one
2: looking... topic and went completely and went off
1: completely the off the rails. That's where we're at. That's that time of year <laughs> we're losing our minds. Um the Blazers are not looking at a Damian Lillard trade. The Blazers are are again, to reference the same movie as yesterday, the Blazers are are doing the Wolf of Wall Street. We're not leaving. like They are refusing to to go down this path. They're going to uh, try to build around Damian Lillard. That's going to be their plan, which, again, Keith, every time we see more of this, every time we hear more whispers about, no, they're going to keep Dame, to me, that just pushes pushes us that much closer to the number three pick being traded.
2: I completely agree. I, I think... I don't know. I'd put it like 80-20 Dame stays, number three pick gets traded, and that might Mm -hmm. even be too low. It might be more like 90-10, 95-5, something in those ranges. Everybody, you're not even getting whispers of a Damian Lillard trade. It's like everybody's tripping over themselves to say the same thing of they're not trading him. Uh, and everybody's adding little bits of color, right? Some are, they're really looking at trading the three pick. Others are, they're going to re-sign Jeremy Grant. Uh, there's been, you know, they're looking into other, you know, options for veterans to bring in, you know, onto the team. So I think they're, they're going for it. And you know what? This one feels very different to me than Washington because Portland, I'm not going to say they could pull a nuggets because the nugget, mm-hmm. it's, it's unfair to Denver to say they came out of nowhere, right? Because they've been a good team for several yeah. years now. Well, Portland could pull a, you know, really great off season together, have really good health and go into, you know, next year as a team where you're like, yeah, I could see them with home court advantage in, sure. you know, the playoffs. Cause they're not that far away. And Dame was awesome last year. You know, he was absolutely tremendous. So, um, you know, so that, that totally makes sense to, to me if we go, go that way uh, with this, this is the time of year. I think we both got a Twitter notification, yep. right? and you look, NBA like, communications. Yeah kills me <laughs> i keep waiting
1: for me. i keep waiting for the um the john how do we not have the john news at this I point know,
2: right that, how that's, is that possible i gotta imagine it's coming in the next couple of days or early next week because if you think about it wouldn't you want the grizzlies to be just from a fairness standpoint i'd want the grizzlies to know like what are we doing as we start the real uh building of our roster for next year Right, because I would want to know in the draft, like, should we be looking at a point guard? Because we don't have ours for you, and I get mm-hmm. it, they have Tyus Jones, who I've said repeatedly is the best backup point guard in the NBA, but you need somebody else because yeah. Jaws going to be out for some length of time, right? So you 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 just gotta let them know. So I if it's not I I'm starting to wonder if this becomes like a Friday news dump, like Friday afternoon. Oh. Here's the Jaws suspension. So you're calling later. your shot here. Oh so could be
1: um so the grizzlies are one of the teams that's been rumored to be trying to move up in the draft too yeah interesting interesting all right
2: the grizzlies are in a spot i know we're not talking grizzlies right now but just since you brought it up
0: sure they are in
2: a spot where they really need to look at doing some form of consolidation where it is like not a big one right it doesn't need to be one of the big name guys but just you know two, three, four of those guys, maybe a draft pick and go get somebody, right? If Whether that's like OG and Noby or, and I'm only bringing him up because they were rumored to be in on him last year at the mm-hmm. trade deadline, but somebody like that, right? Go get that guy who really finishes out your roster. And I know it's hard for them to turn away from the guys they've drafted because they've done so well uh, drafting and developing players over the last several years, but at some point, you, you you have to right because you can't roster everybody, so that becomes an issue. You certainly can't pay everyone, um you know. So they they've, they've got some stuff to do. That's when I wrote their offseason. Uh, I'll look for a spot track. That was you know one of the things I talked about was it's probably time to not go super all in and make the you know massive home run trade, but go you know pu- push quite a bit in to you know give up some stuff and go make some. Something-
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's probably what we're going to see the Grizzlies try to do, especially, you know, they were the two seed last year, but didn't quite have the firepower, didn't even get out of the first round. So what do they do this summer? I think we're going to see something from them, something significant coming from them. Um, Zion. We got some news on Zion Williamson's contract coming from Brian Windhorst about it now being non-guaranteed. What's what's the portion of this deal that is now non-guaranteed? What, what is this situation now?
2: Yeah, we don't know those details yet. So we knew, much like Joel Embiid with the Sixers, Jonathan Isaac with the Magic, that Zion Williamson's contract had a whole bunch of criteria in there where if he didn't meet uh Different versions of this criteria, his contract would would tick over to some level being non-guaranteed or partially guaranteed. My guess, and let me emphasize guess, 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 is that it'll probably look similar to what Jonathan Isaac's looked like, where mm-hmm. it'll be first couple of years remain fully guaranteed. Then there's probably a, a pretty heavy partial, then a you know, maybe like a half guaranteed and then a probably non-guaranteed at the end that and that's just strictly a guess i really don't know on this um the the reason why those come up is because the goal is for the pelicans if he can't get healthy and can't get on the floor we can get out of it here's the challenge that i think people see those things and then they get all like oh my god zion was supposed to make 30 million now he's only making 15 or whatever that is not how this works. No, even if it's partially guaranteed for fifteen, as long as he's on the roster, thirty is the it's thirty three and change. But thirty three is the number that counts, right? That that is the number that matters. It's the full number. You only achieve any of these savings if you waive the player, which is part of the reason why Joel Embiid never got waived because it would have had to have been. Joel Embiid is never going to play, right? Like, he's just – it's not going to happen. And Philly moved on. Same thing with Jonathan Isaac. Now, that one's probably getting slightly closer to the realization because yeah. he has had, you know, so many injuries on top of each other, including, you know, made it back for a very brief period last year and then was out again. Um, but for now, you know, Zion, it, this, this is – Good news for a team, Pelicans or otherwise, that, you know, hey, we're, we're a little protected down the line if things really go south. But this is not going to matter for the next couple of years.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's where we're, it's not when we look at Zion's trade value, it's not like this makes it easier to trade for Zion. Right. This is not what teams want. Teams don't want to get Zion and then waive him right? I mean, maybe it makes you feel a little better like, oh my gosh, if this guy never plays basketball again, at least we have a way to save some money. But you're not trading for Zion so that you can hope to save some money down the road by waiving him after he's had catastrophic injuries or something like that. You're hoping, if you're going to trade for Zion, you're trading for Zion hoping that he's going to become the guy that we hoped and thought that he was going to be, and the injury problems are going to become a thing of the past, or at least relatively, and you're going to have him on the floor. Um, Meanwhile, there's word out there that The Pelicans, um, and this is coming from within the Pelicans, of course, that they would see a Scoot Henderson, Zion Williamson trade as starting with the number two pick in the draft, which would mean it would be the number two pick plus cue the uh, what is that Ace Ventura two? let us all throw our heads back in laughter. Um, Look, this is the time of year for that. Like there's posturing and all that kind of stuff. But I would imagine the Hornets could not hang up the phone fast enough if they said, hey, we need you to add the number two pick plus what else are you going to give us for a Zion, who is one injury away from, as I said, being
2: fairly close to untradeable. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one thing if the plus something is Gordon Hayward is a salary yeah. match, that's True. whatever, True. right? Because you got to match salary in a trade. But if it was something of value, if it was like, hey, trade us the number two pick and Mark Williams, who, by the way, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but just had thumb surgery. Uh, the Hornets just released the uh, dad torn mm-hmm. uh, ligament in his thumb, so uh, no, no word. But I'm guessing we won't see Mark Williams at summer league, uh, but, you know, next month uh, with this Correct. news. No. But anyway, to go back, but if it was like, hey, trade us, you know, the number two pick, Mark Williams, and throw in. I don't know it's not a throw but Terry Rozier then it's going to be you're going to have the you know the Hornets come back and be like no like not yeah. happening right so that that's where it gets kind of sideways and it's not well, Hornets aren't even going to do hey we'll give you number two in our our first round or two years from now that's not even going to go that far you know it's probably going to be more of Zion for number two plus whatever the salary match is, I guess probably Gordon Hayward Hayward. uh, would make the most sense. And off we go in there. Here we are, and the Pelicans get Scoot Henderson. They get to kind of you know right, wrong, or indifferent. Wipe their hands clean of the Zion situation. They're out of that, and they have you know cleaned up their books considerably moving forward after this coming season with Hayward coming off the books. So you know we could go. We we could see it go that way. I don't. That that's why this one gets you know really kind of. Weird because mm-hmm. you know, you're gonna have both sides being like, Well, we need a little bit more, and that could ultimately be why nothing actually gets done.
1: Yeah, it's certainly possible. I mean, look, if you're the Pelicans, you're thinking, Well, optimistically, if Zion's on the floor, he's great. We don't know if Scoot is great in the NBA or not, sure. but the injury risk of Zion, I think, makes it so that there's a gamble on both sides. If Zion yeah. had been playing in the end, well, first of all, he's not available. If he had played like an average of 65 games a year, he's oh, not yeah, available, I mean, you're not trading yeah, exactly. him for this pick, but. Yeah. But there's a risk on both sides. I'm saying if he was playing fairly consistently, then the Pelicans, if for whatever reason they wanted to trade him, could say, look, we're taking on all the risk here. Nobody has seen Scoot in the NBA. We don't know for sure what he's going to pan out to be. If you want Zion, we need the number two pick, plus, plus, plus. Totally reasonable. There's a lot of risk on the side of whatever team gets Zion if they do deal him. And so because of that, I just don't see this situation where it's going to be plus, plus, plus. And if that's what the Pelicans are expecting, then I don't think the Pelicans get Scoot Henderson. And maybe that's fine. Maybe they're they're sure. okay with that. But uh, again, this is also the time of year for plenty of smoke, plenty of, and there's a week until the draft. So plenty of time for the two sides to negotiate. And you want to, you're going to try to put out there a strong front and maybe you get negotiated down to the middle a little bit. But if it's truly, hey, we're not doing this unless we get the number two plus significant value coming back. In addition to that, I have a hard time seeing this happen.
2: Completely agree. Yeah. And now I will say, hand the idea of Zion and LaMelo together. Oh, ooh, that's So right, much fun. That is fun. So yeah. You know, and now, you know, the cynic and me will say the for the forty-five games at last. Yeah, that's that's so the sad. challenge. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. And you're absolutely right. I, because people were like, you know, well, what if Zion was healthy? Well, if Zion was healthy, this wouldn't even be a discussion. No. I would be an all NBA guy. The a top would be five a guy. guy. And, you know, it'd be, you know, the Pelicans might've been one of the better teams. They might've been in the finals. No. And that's mm-hmm. not, I'm not even trying to be you know super funny about that. Like they were good when he was healthy and he was the is, one seed. I mean, he's incredible when he mm-hmm. plays, you know, so the problem is it's like we said now now we're just going in circles
1: he no his his upside is is top five his upside is top five and it's hard to find guys like that so we'll see where this all goes all right that's not the only big name we talk bradley beal on the trade (laughs) market we talk about about zion oh let's throw in a little zach levine as well the bulls are gauging the trade market for zach levine still has four years left on a contract he's dealt with some injury issues, a bulky knee, things like that. But what what do you see as Zach Levine's trade value? I've seen the thought out there that Zach Levine right now would fetch more in a trade than Bradley Beal would. Do you agree with that?
2: I think he might a um, little bit younger, right? At age, I believe. Let me you should probably double check that. But what a Beal turns thirty, uh, here in a little bit, Zach Levine is. 28. What? So, so a, li- a little, little bit younger, 100. you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny with all these guys, I have to, I have to just remember they all, they all come in at 19 and 20 now. So right. it's like, you know, they, they can be, you know, eight years into a career, not even 30 anymore. And it's like, okay, all right. They're, they're 27 or whatever. So yeah. So with Zach Levine, it is production levels pretty similar to Bradley Beal, right? They're fairly similar-ish in, you know what they do right They're scoring guards who can also play Make a little bit um, Can shoot can you know get to the Basket those kind of things so So it's similar type of players In terms of production they don't do it in the Exact same way but uh, you know they, they get to the same kind of Kind of results so Save less Money you know for Zach Levine So I think what you could see Here is is this a bulls are Like let's kind of what, oh, you're in on Beal? What about Levine for even more? you know, right. well, what about you know, Levine for you know, even a better trade package? You know, well, what about there? You know, if you if you want the slightly younger guy, and I know the knee's an issue, but he has been healthier, you know, more recently. So that, that becomes a thing. Yeah, this one's interesting. It's also kind of signals maybe the bulls are a little more willing to you know, hit the rebuild route than we mm-hmm. thought previous, you know, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. That's going to be good. I mean, just, I mean, the fact that that just kind of gets tossed out there is like, wow, you know, just another big name, you know, out there in the mix.
1: Well, it's interesting in terms of its similarities with the wizards, because we think, okay, if Bradley is on the market, then Kyle Kuzma is more available than we thought. Then Christoph Sporzingis is more available than we thought. And <laughs> similarly with, with Zach Levine, it's, oh, well, what does that mean for DeMar DeRozan? Are they really going to bring back Nikola Vucevic? Is there a sign-and-trade possibility there? What does that mean for Alex Caruso, Patrick Williams, some of these other guys that the Bulls have? I think there could be a domino effect down the roster similar to what we're seeing with Washington. And like you said, this could be kind of the bait-and-switch where teams who are targeting Bradley Beal, the Bulls could kind of slide in and go, hey, what do you think about Zach Levine instead? Mm-hmm. And and see if they can get uh, a trade package done there. So, I look, I, I think that this is going to be Uh, the more we hear, the more amazing I think this draft night is going to be. And with names like Zach Levine, Zion Williamson, Bradley Beal, potentially out there, we could see like some serious fireworks on draft night. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. No trade is always more likely than a trade happening, but the potential is there for an all-time draft night.
2: And if not draft night, A week later, right, when free agency opens. I I put this out on Twitter the other day, talking to all sorts of people on all sides, teams, players, agents. Everybody felt like this has the potential to be one of those summers where it seems like every four or five years, the NBA goes through a major reset where it's like, right, like all these guys get moved and these teams really look very, very different. We haven't had one in a few years. It's been probably since that, you know, uh, summer where Paul George and and Russell Westbrook and Kawhi and Chris Paul and all that happened. So what what the kind of belief is as you look around the league is we're we're probably primed and ready for you know a big summer like that, mm-hmm. and we're in a position where there's there's a handful of teams with cap space but there's not a, but it's not a great free agent class. So that turns into, well, if you want to make improvements, that becomes trades, you know, and that could be where we see, you know, all this stuff get done and trades are becoming far more the way as more guys do extensions and lock in yep. and those kind of things. That's where we go. You know, we're, we're getting down to, you know, somewhere between five and 10, you know, real major free agents at the market every summer, and that's tens on the high side. It's probably closer to five and then everything else gets done, done via trade. So I, I think, you know, I think we're in for, I think it'll start draft night and I think it's going to continue all the way through that first week or so of July.
1: Keith, it's the uh, it's the equivalent of the 50 year storm and point break. It's the five year off season uh, that comes around every once in a while, this massive storm of activity. And uh, that could be happening this year uh all right let's move on we and just have a few topics left.
2: we talked point break people are gonna be like these dudes are old
1: we are yeah <laughs> we are definitely locked into the 80s on oh, my last lakers nation show where a couple of shows ago i made a reference to the zach morris cell phone oh, um yeah. yeah like it's it we're we're living we're living that life right now uh the 76ers rumored to be potentially out on, on Fred Van Vliet, even if James Harden does not return. They had been listed as maybe a landing spot for him because of the Nick Nurse connection, but sounds like that's not the direction they're going to want to go. Instead, that if they do lose James Harden, they might try to move on from a player like Tobias Harris, something like that, and try to truly reset things rather than add a player like Fred Van Vliet.
2: Yeah, I think you lose James Harden, you just hand the, the, the wheel to Tyrese Maxey. Yep. And so you're you're the guy now you're going to run the offense instead of playing in this, you know, sometimes on ball, but mostly off ball role. We're going to put you on ball, which is what we drafted you to be. Uh, you've proven you can do you know all of it. So let's go. You're our guy moving forward. I think it, it Van Vliet, that seems to me much like people have tried to connect the Van Vliet to Orlando dots because of Jeff Weltman, uh being there. I think this is trying to connect the, the Van Vliet to, to Philadelphia dots because of Nick Nurse. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know that it's really a thing.
1: Yeah. Uh, All right. The Mavs could also be moving back Uh, in the draft. We've been talking about how the Mavs pick along with the Blazers pick are probably the two most likely picks in the draft to move. Um, If they could land a piece like John Collins, apparently there were discussions, not any that went anywhere, but Davis Bertans and 10 for John Collins and 15 in a deal with the Atlanta Hawks. I think, I mean, is this finally, finally is John Collins going to get traded? We've been talking about it for years now. Maybe it finally happens, but Um, the Mavs, I think their pick is going to be on the move. I expected them to trade out of the draft, but if you can get a guy like John Collins, maybe moving back is enough. And and it could mean either it could be another subsequent move. If they're able to get say 15, they could flip that for something else as well.
2: Yeah. I mean, give me John Collins on this team all day long. If that's all it took was Dallas Bertans and moving back five picks like done in like, this draft. Yeah. yeah. Give me John Collins and, and let's go, you know, Collins, Luke and Kyrie. That's, that's pretty good. Right. You're, 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 you're pretty well established there with three pretty good guys. You probably at that point, you probably re-sign somebody like Dwight Powell and, you know, mm-hmm. flush out your depth a little bit and, you know, off we go. You know, I'm, I'm all in on a move like that. I don't know that that's necessarily makes a ton of sense for the Hawks. Like uh, you, you'd have to really love somebody at 10, To for that to be the trade or just say we have to get john collins money off the books um now again a little bit of savings right now right if you made a made a move like that if you're if you're the hawks because collins is you know 25 26 million burtons is 17 the big savings would be the next year which is he's got one of those kind of josh hart type situations where Mm -hmm. he's got a, a player option but then the contract is only um uh very partially guaranteed 5 million out of the 16 million so um he, he'd need to play 75% of games next year and let's just say i feel fairly confident that everyone will make sure that does not happen uh you know one way or another um and you know they'll they'll be you know whether it's the hawks or the mavs or whoever has davis portant they'll be able to get out of that but you know that could be a move that makes some sense if atlanta's just like we have to shed salary because we've got yeah you know, we want to resign on Yeka Kongwu. Um, we we've got DeJounte Murray will be a free agent a year from now. Like we've got to figure all this stuff out. we can't have, you know, 10 guys who are all making 20-ish million dollars on the roster. So that that turns into let's let's probably think about moving Collins in a trade like this that doesn't look that great. But I'd try to do better if I was Atlanta. But I also really like John Collins probably more than most.
1: If it's just 10 for John Collins, I'm doing that if I'm Atlanta. Sure. Um if it's 10 for John Collins and 46 like there's another pick they've got sure you do I mean you do that maybe and it's protecting eating future little, per-
2: like eating the Bertans
1: contract yeah yeah with with Bertans still future. involved of course yeah um yeah I yeah. mean, there, I mean there, there's, there's plus other plus ways that. you can go if the if the trade back only to five is, is a little bit much there's other ways that you could go about it but it'll be it'll be interesting to see it uh, ultimately maybe we finally see John Collins could you imagine if we get a, a summer where where Bradley Beal zach levine zion williamson and we finally get the john collins trade that we've literally been talking about for years oh boy
2: yeah it'd be like all of our favorite like who would we who would be the go-to guy that's going to be traded if if all these guys got traded we'd have to start coming up with new names and yeah i mean honestly we should probably have a john collins sound effect the problem is we play it every freaking show we're going <laughs> we do a john collins trade rumor every show since we started
1: we need we need the collins call
2: yeah that's what i thought i was like the collins call that's a, yeah weird too much time together
1: too much too much i can't (laughs) wait for vegas keith um last one we've got here the pacers uh they're not the only team but the pacers are a team that's looking to trade up they do have uh, a couple of late second round picks or i'm sorry first round picks and an early second round pick so potentially they could package three picks together and move Mm -hmm. up maybe get into the mid-teens somewhere um and they also have some interest in grant williams so they're not the only team looking to move up but like i said in this draft it feels like everybody is willing to move some direction with the exception of the Spurs with the number one pick. So I think we could see a lot of fireworks. And maybe with three picks to play with, that might be enough to interest some teams uh, in the the mid-teens to see if the Pacers can move up and get a guy that they want. Remember, they already have the number seven pick.
2: Yeah, we've also heard the Nets and the Jazz, who mm-hmm. both have multiple picks as well, being teams that could could look to move up. And I think all these teams, that, when you get in that range, it's you're looking to move up for a player you really want right? It's this guy still on the board. It's somebody who slipped. Let's go get him. I think that's much more of a draft night move than that is a, let's do that ahead of the draft kind of thing. The draft has to play out. Yeah, exactly. It'll be, wow, we, we liked that guy. We were between this guy and this guy at seven and you know, Oh, he's still on the board at, you know, 14. Can mm-hmm. we package together stuff, get up to 14 and get them? Okay, let, let's go. And i you know, I'm just making up numbers out of this because sure. you know, that's where it is. But but that's what I think. You know, you're gonna see that kind of thing happen draft night. Uh the Grant Williams stuff, that's interesting. This team needs forwards, like like actual forward sized guys. Mm-hmm. I mean they basically played most of the year with miles Turner and four guards around and they, they looked a lot like a college team in yeah. that sense. Those those teams that played, you know, one big with a bunch of guards around them and it was pretty successful. You know, you can argue if Tyrese Halliburton doesn't get hurt a couple different times, they're probably in the play mix all the way through. And, you know, and then obviously they, you know, Went a different direction at the end of the year, um, but I think you're in a spot where yeah, get get a little bit more size, and you know they they've got the cap space to be able to they can play in restricted free agency, right? Where a lot of these other teams may not want to, they the Pacers could tie up some money. The Pacers are also just just to note this. One of those teams that is in the past has done things where, hey, let's not mess around in restricted free agency. Celtics, we want Grant Williams. Can we make a sign and trade happen? That's right, right. So how, do, how do we get there and you know, get a deal done so that we can you know, just move on and we don't have to play the restricted free agency game?
1: That's something certainly to keep an eye on then as well. You're right. There are teams that prefer not to deal with that, although this year yeah. just a 24-hour hold on your money if you do yeah. go that route in restricted free agency. So it'll be interesting to see how that adjusts things for teams and their thinking moving forward. Um, I think that's about everything for today. But again, make sure you are subscribing right here to the NBA Front Office Show. Uh, I do have Sean Davis did a draft sleeper video that I'll put out a little later today as well. He's got some draft content to do. Uh, He'll be joining us, of course, on draft night to help break down every pick. We've got a lot of stuff coming up. So make sure you are subscribing to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Don't forget to follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts.
2: Say guys if a bill trade happens Yeah, we will come back and do a show. Mm We will come back and do a show later in the day. If a major trade goes down anytime between now, I mean, it's a week to the draft. So, so we're now it's, you know, anytime the phone buzzes, we're going to jump and take a look at whatever it is. If there's a major trade, we will come back and do a show, you know, later that same day, um, you know, provided that, that we can, if it's a more minor trade, we'll probably hit on it the next day. Um, But if, if it's a superstar trade, you know, you guys know, I mean, we broke down Kevin Duran at you know, three, one in the, in the morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll continue to keep, uh, keep pushing with, with those kind of things. So look for that. And if, if one happens, so let's all keep our fingers crossed. So we have to go back to work for an extra extra show. Cause those are a lot of fun too.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So again, make sure you are subscribing till next time. Stay safe and see you.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why, what do we know about magnesium?